Welcome to Chicks Talking Drag. The RuPaul Drag Race UK after show podcast you didn't know you needed until now. By Anna, me, and Gabby, me. Are you guys ready? Because we are... Beware of spoilers. Welcome to Chicks Talking Drag. I'm Gabby and this is Anna. And now... As usual, we're going to discuss RuPaul's Drag Race UK and we are on episode three and uh, it's been a journey now from 12 queens, we have 10 and the last to leave was Cherry Valentine last week and um, Anna was a little bit upset, I remember, uh, because uh, she she really liked the uh, Cherry, but we move, we move. We must say goodbye to the departed and move on, sadly. Exactly. (laughs) And... um, yeah, it's just great to see the queens uh, actually feeling the fire because no one expected Charity to leave. So everyone is feeling like they have to step their pussy up. But enough about what happened last week. So brand new week and we're here to have yet another fabulous mini challenge. So Rue comes in looking all fancy, asks the queen to get into quick drag to do the limbo as part of the Notting Hill Carnival. So... Anyone that's listening from abroad, you might not know that the first Notting Hill Carnival was organised in the late 1950s to commemorate the Notting Hill race riots, and it's been held every August up until now. I mean, damn you, Miss Corona. Like, it's quite a, a funny, silly and campy challenge, but was it necessary? Maybe not, but it was a lot of fun. You got to see the Queens play up a shtick. Um, and then we had DJ Jodie Harsh, a UK drag legend, coming in to mix the tracks. So she's known as like the Lady Bunny of the UK. So she was playing that music while the queens got lower and lower. And then the two queens battling it out at the end was Tace and Veronica Green. I was actually gooped about how bendy Veronica is, but then I guess I shouldn't be surprised when she's a woman of many talents. I was like, surely they can't go that low. Oh, you can always go as low as possible. You never know how low can you go. You have to put your mind into it to go uh, to get a good limbo out. I actually thought that Bimini would have done well with this challenge, given her pole flexibilities, but apparently not. No, really, didn't that didn't happen? Maybe it wasn't a lucky day. Maybe she didn't stretch properly. And maybe not. By the way, did you notice that Lawrence Cheney looked like um, Adore Delano from season six? Did you spot that, Gabby? Did you notice I the resemblance? See a resemblance? Like I, I guess there was one, but like I'm just, yeah, no, I didn't. So after the mini challenge, uh, RuPaul asked the Queen to pair up with their best duties, and little do they know that they're gonna be. Uh, be working against each other not with each other and um, scandal really yes it's scandalous it's scandalous <laughs> such a cruel twist of fate to pair Absolutely. them to pair them with their bestie and have them Absolutely. compete so the pairs are as follows sister sister and Ginny lemon veronica and tia coffee taste and aura bimini and astina Lawrence and Ellie, and all every single pair is given a color, and um, 
we must say that this week's challenge is actually a sewing challenge. So everyone is presented with the box and the box has uh, different color materials and the colors that we are presented with are pink, green, black, blue and gold. And uh, the name of the challenge is who wore it best. So uh, how do you feel about that? Because like this is a bitch move from RuPaul, uh, 100%. I think I think it's a great way to like revolutionize the concept of a sewing challenge because at first when I, they were put they were putting um, the besties together I was like how is this going to work are they going to sew each other an outfit or something and the winning pair wins wins a rupee badge like how does it work um, and then obviously we saw that they were competing against each other so I, I thought it was great because. It allows them to, well, create create a rivalry with the person who they're closest to in the competition. So, like, it's a bit a bit drama filled, but I'm living for it. And I wasn't surprised about who went with who. Like, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Honestly, like, Aurora and Taste—they have so much sexual tension; it hurts. And <laughs> then, you know, Stina Bimini—they're both from East London. And then yeah. Lawrence and Ellie—they're forming their own Scottish nas- nationalist party. So you know, what do you do? Yeah. So obviously, Veronica and Taste must choose the boxes um, for their team, and then they assign the colours for the upper queens. So. Veronica chooses green, a colour that Michelle famously hates, but somehow is seeming to embrace recently. And Taste chooses black because everybody looks good in black, as she says. Ginny and Sister have pink, Lawrence and Ellie have gold, and Estina and Bimini have blue. So, obviously, Gabby, as we know, uh, in any sewing challenge that we see, we quickly learn who can and can't sew. And surprise, surprise, Baroness Basic cannot sew. Yes, also... cotton socks. (laughs) Good thing she's funny, because she's not going to skate by on her fashions alone. But then again, also, Taste can't uh, can't sew, and he's fashion goddess. So, like, uh, why did you not learn how to sew? (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, that's quite that's quite ironic. If you call yourself a fashion queen, you should you should know how to sew, right? Exactly. Like like I I guess that's how I I would feel about it. But then again, I mean I mean you know we like fashion, but we don't sew. But then again, we're not drag queens, and we're not on a competition. Exactly, exactly. And like personally, I would never go on a competition that requires me to sew because oh, I know for a fact that I do really badly. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't but, even remember the last time I had so I think it was like secondary school, so long yeah. ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's day. get into the kiki that happens while oh. drag queens needs to sew their costumes for the maxi challenge. So, any thoughts on uh, any particular subject that you like to discuss first? Because there's some tea yeah, that we the, need to seep today. There's so much to unpick. Um, from the workroom conversations that they had this episode. And one that I have to say is like really powerful is between uh, Ginny Lemon and Bimini because they discussed their struggles with coming to terms with their non-binary identity. Mm-hmm. So basically Ginny explains why they resonate with the color yellow, stating that it's a color free from gender and radiates positivity while allowing them to heal. So that's a very interesting analogy, actually, because to me, yellow had always radiated um, 
positivity, sunshine, feeling good, mood boosting um, uh, endorphins. So it's, you know, it's beautiful the the way that they um, express that. And then when Sister Sister asked how Ginny Lemon identified, Ginny explained that they had always struggled with their identity and for years didn't know whether they identified as a boy or girl, which is why they wear yellow because it does not define them as anything. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, it really breaks my heart to know that Ginny struggled with accepting themselves and their body. And I really find comfort knowing that drag is a release for them. Um, you know, and helps them live their fiercest, most authentic self. And then Bimini, who is also non-binary, joined in and explained that it's always a difficult conversation to have because some people don't understand what it means to be non-binary. Obviously, you know, being non-binary isn't a new thing. It, it's just a new term. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as the, as the artist quite rightly put, it does not make sense that everyone is going to fit into this binary definition of gender not when there's 7 billion plus people in the world. I mean, like, personally speaking, I think what they did was revolutionary because it opened up the conversation. And it would be such a source of inspiration to so many queer kids who have rarely seen representations of, of themselves on TV. And I really think it's a step forward in the right direction. What about you? What do you think? Well, I guess everyone struggles growing up to understand who they are where they fit and also um Ginny had this other conversation with Rue in regards to the way they see their body and the fact that they have they struggle to understand like and to see their body as mainly feminine or mainly male so as they have to go through this journey of embracing their themselves completely and not like because it feels right now that Ginny is not embracing all of themselves. Right. But only pieces of, of it, just because, like, they explain themselves, they don't love themselves fully. So, like, it's right. not as heartbreaking because everyone goes through it. It's just the level as that people do not accept these definitions that that people have for themselves and to understand themselves that is yeah. what is wrong like for example when people say uh a firefighter should be called a fireman no or like why should that be the case like gender neutral right um terms and people go like oh but they're confusing the grammar they're confusing the dictionary no we're just make trying to make things more inclusive for everyone. exactly because like it's not even just about gender identity but it stands like so far than that like every time you are not able to see yourself in a certain role you don't realize that you can take that role so yeah it, it has been like a really important conversation definitely and uh, yeah it's just great to see like people can say what they want about drag race but there, there's some really good television in it <laughs> oh, definitely i mean oh. you know dr drag race is is it's not just an entertainment show but it's a political statement and yeah. it's it's a pl it's a place and a platform where the queens or the drag artists however they identify 
have a safe space to really feel true to the, their authentic selves. Yeah, and speaking on non-binary gender fuckery, it's great to also see how RuPaul, in, like RuPaul Drag Race, embraced the fact that anyone can be a drag. And uh, that comes with the, with the very famous sentence, made the best woman win. And now mm. it's become made the best drag queen win. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to see this type of um, embracing culture and how even uh, LGBTQ uh, plus culture is changing because even there, there was, there were some problems that still needed to be addressed and only now there is like that representation and that spectrum being uh, yeah. being expressed. I, I agree. If the, if the show centers itself around the concept of love and inclusivity, then, you know, it's about time that the catchphrase has, has been adapted because we've had trans contestants and, yeah. and non-binary contestants on the show already. Yeah. So this is a this really is a step in the right direction and it's great to see it absolutely and speaking on rue wasn't she delicious in that glittery peach and silver dress she looked like a good old snack i mean i I have to say that her her looks on the uk version of drag race are i'm doing the chef kissing noise that you that i have to translate because you cannot see me doing it already but enter chef kissing noise because she looked like an absolute delight dessert on a platter and speaking of dessert on the platter of course we have the judges we've got graham norton and we've got michelle visage and then we have the lovely jordan dunn Oh my god, such a fan. I have no no idea. I'm such a fan. Really? It's like, yes. Like, even when I was in Italy, so like seven, eight years ago, like, I would look at her and be like, yes. Like, you know her story? Like, she was a teen mom and she overcame everything and still became like a supermodel, even when people were like, oh, you're a mom. You shouldn't. Exactly. Which it it just goes to show that no matter where you come from or your your background, your life is as you make it. And I think she did a really good job on the judging panel as well, but yes. we'll, we'll get to that later. Like, yeah, I thought she did a stellar job. She gave great advice, like Absolutely. very constructive feedback. And she was nice too. You know, she wasn't an asshole. Yeah, to everyone. She was really, really nice. Uh, so any oh. favourite on, on the runway? What's your favourite on the runway? Like, yeah, so uh, what I will point out is in comparison to season one, mm-hmm. I don't think that the outfits are as... It, it's weird because people say that um, season two queens are more polished, which they are in one way. But at the same time, I kind of missed, uh, you know, missed the kind of uh, design skills that we saw in the previous season. Like, I think that the sewing skills was a lot stronger in season one than this season. Um, and I don't know if that's because the queens are paying people to make the dresses, aka Tia. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, I got to say that I didn't entirely love um, what I saw on the runway. Yeah, like I've, I see, I've, see, I've seen I've seen I've seen better, but everyone everyone looked beautiful in their own way. But of course, 
my standouts were uh, Bimini, Sister Sister, and Lawrence. Like for Bimini, first of all, this is the most clothes we've ever seen on her because you know she likes to get that booty out. <laughs> like to get that booty out, which I, I don't blame her. She's got great butt. Um, you know, and she looked glorious in that dusky blue velvet gown, and I, I loved the see-through uh, Colbert lace applique uh, and the way she moved. It was quite divine and then you had the juxtaposition between the glamour and punk which is like completely true to Bimini and what we've seen of them so far and then obviously easily bested Astina's simple anime navy skater dress which looked more like an ice skater outfit than anything else yeah it was and then right <laughs> no, it was so simple. Like wasn't I feel like I, I could would have made like she would have had like a better chance to win if she would have done like a gown type of situation. So like a longer. I, I I actually thought that she was doing that at first, but I think she cut the, the material down. Yeah, and that which is really yeah got to her. But then you have like the complete opposite of the spectrum. So and then you have um, sister sister who is doing the colour pink and their interpretation of the colour pink isn't like or literally a wild ride with Aladdin on acid meets <laughs> Juno Birch. I don't know if you know Juno Birch, but it's an absolutely fantastic UK drag queen. Um, yeah, and they norm then they normally paint their face like in different colours, like blue and purple. They tend to do a lot. Oh, I uh, see. They're also trans. They're also trans as well. So oh. I was personally living for this look, and I loved the contrast between um, the signature signature blue Juno Birch makeup and the garish pink harem pants. Like that eighties vibe was so lit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she reminded me of Smurfette and Alaska. Really. Yeah, Alaska during RuPaul Drag Race, uh, All-Star, uh, Roger Rachu, and Smurfette oh. because of her hair. Because she had yeah, this yeah. bouncy hair and a really blue face. So, yeah, right. I, I, I wasn't leaving for it, but I did enjoy it. I did. I, I guess it's, it's not like you're as pathetic, you know, kind of thing. You know, yeah. that you, um, but it's, I mean, it's not something I would wear either, but I think that she looked good in it. Yeah, like it was it was something different, and I have to say that the look also reminded me of something that that I could see Crystal Method wearing as well. Yeah, definitely. And then for my other standout um, is Lawrence, but again, as I said, none of the well, no, it sounds a bit harsh, but none of the looks like completely blew me out of the water. Like to yeah. be honest, but from what there was on stage, like. You know, I love Lawrence. I love all these queens. They're funny. They're great. They're quirky. And this look, she looked like an expensive rich bitch who was dripping gold. She exuded opulence. She you was. own everything in her mermaid gown. And she was heaving at the bosom, although the breastplate was a little wonky. But I have to say, out of the three sister sisters, it was probably my favorite. I mean, uh, just because just it's like a little different. What what did you like? I think Who were you we had like for? some different uh, standouts. Because personally, I did enjoy our horse black look. Like, I really right. did. And uh, I, I guess she, she looked very editorial. Like, in everything. The makeup, the hair. And she had a hat that matched the, the coat she was wearing, the duster she was wearing. 
the devil's in the details exactly and um i like the fact that she was wearing a train and like the puffy uh sleeps on the jacket that was like i feel like the whole thing worked really well and uh, it wasn't just one material which yeah some queen did but she, she was gutted she didn't win though herself and like i i don't get people within the fashion world that say that she should like basically she's been blacklisted from working in the fashion industry because she's a drag queen as well as a, a fashion designer and like that really baffles me because drag queens are amazing seamstresses so like why would you do that but then again like i guess the fashion world is so complicated within itself oh, in the same way as the lgbt communities so it's um it can the fashion um industry can be very problematic it is uh, you know th there's multiple issues there's whitewashing there's racial segregation there's exclusion of minority groups uh i mean the list goes on to be honest yeah but, there's way too many problems but the fact that a gay kid cannot be a drag queen and right. be a fashion designer well that literally to me is baffling. If, if i had if i had a fashion designer that was a drag queen as well that would literally make my fantasy come true like and also imagine the skill and talent that they possess the creativity that they have like it's it's way beyond what any of us could ever imagine like mm -hmm. their imagination is unrivaled definitely so yeah who was other standout oh my other standout was veronica green not because like the dress was amazing right. but it had it was different and it wasn't like a a simple cutout that other like the shape wasn't as simple and easy as other dresses that were out there the only thing that i didn't like about her look was the hairstyle i love the color right. of the hair but i didn't enjoy this the style but she still did really well and i enjoyed it but i feel like we should go through the tops and the bottoms uh, and uh, yeah for this week who wore it best were ahora sister sister veronica green beaming in bomboulash and lawrence Cheney, who was actually the winner of this week's challenge do you agree Contra well maybe not controversially but no i love lawrence Cheney. i i think she's beautiful she's funny i mean she has the best comedy lines period like fuck me sideways it's an absolute classic that i'm gonna use for days to come <laughs> but you know it, i mean it was better than ellie's look mm. yes i agree uh, i do think that she should have been in the top i don't think she should have won yeah I mean, personally i think that bimini's look was better but I'm not unhappy that she won, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not absolutely raging that yeah. she won it because she did have a good look. Out of what we saw on stage, she did have a good look. But you could tell that Ahura was absolutely pissed. She oh, was, she was fuming. I, I was fuming with her. Like, I don't like Ahura as a character. Like, right. like her bitchy aside to me, I'm like, well... We're not going to be friends, but yeah. at the same time, uh, her drag, we can't, we can't say nothing about their, her drag. And uh, 
what she put out on the stage on the runway today, I thought was a winner, and uh, was a, I was yeah. a little bit disappointed. But at the same time, I'm not the judge, so who are they, who at the end of the day? Things look different in reality as well. That's what you have to bear in mind. Do you remember when Alyssa Edwards apparently had? The, the worst ever address and to us it looked actually quite cute but apparently it looked really horrible in reality like it, it could be like that as well you know for a yeah, lot of these queens and actually actually with a horrors look one thing I have to point out is I don't think it I didn't think it looked amazing on the main stage however I saw her photo shoot of it um, earlier and actually in the photo it, it looked much better because I could see um the detailing of the jumpsuit a lot more because of the lighting, obviously. So actually, it did look good. Absolutely. But yeah, let's talk about the bottoms. So can you yeah. list the bottoms for us today? Yes. Yeah, so in the bottom, we have Ellie, Tace, Estina, Tia, and Ginny Lemon. Uh, we find out that Estina, Tia, and Ginny Lemon are in the bottom too. And basically, they pretty much say that uh, Ellie and Tace did well. Ellie wasn't really a bottom queen. It's only because she was up against Lawrence, who had a slightly better, more refined look. You know, they actually loved Ellie's look, like the Marie Antoinette twist uh, on a modern princess type vibe. I didn't like that it was a bodysuit, personally but she's working with the limited resources that she has, so fair enough. Absolutely. And then Tace's look I actually kind of liked in a, like a rugged ed- editorial way. Yeah. I know they read her for the horns that um, she had, but, but I personally... That was just for repeat. Not, it's not that they look bad, it's just that she repeated them. So. Right, but I'm like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I do agree with the bottom three. Um, no, I did I think that I did think right. I did think that um, Ginny Lemon and Tia personally were going to be lip syncing. Yeah. However, we kind of have to look at it this way, or at least this is the way that I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Estina did have the most simple outfit there. Mm-hmm. She did. Facts are facts, right? No, uh, I think Ginny had them because Ginny was literally wearing a tube. You can't. Yeah, but what, what you have to bear in mind is, is that um, Ginny put in padding, a breastplate, like they changed up their look, whereas the other two didn't, if that makes sense. So mm. Tia did obviously decide to change her look in the workroom, but Estina knew that it was simple, but was like, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't try to like make something else out of it so i can see why and i think also what they were looking at is oh astina is an amazing performer so this is going to be a great lip sync because that's that at the end of the day they don't want a boring lip sync do they no they never do but then again we never seen genie perform but i think they can turn a party yeah they were on X Factor a few years ago as well. Yeah. And I did see the way they performed on there when they were singing and it was very entertaining. So we could be in for a treat. But at the end of the day, it boils down to Tia and Estina being in the bottom two. And then um, to amazing, so, an amazing song from um, Dua Lipa, which is Don't, don't start, start Now. Uh, yeah, I have to say it really is 
electrifying from the get-go. We we all know that as Dina is a dancer, she she tells us enough. She's like, I've danced with the Pussycat Dolls and Kanye West and Little Mix. And Tia's just like, I'm out here in my adequate dress and basically taking the piss out of herself, which I yeah. thought was quite funny. And you could tell that Tia did not think that she was going to do well in the lip sync. Oh, no, absolutely. She was, crying. she was yeah. crying the moment she, she, did, she realized that she sent on the. Uh, well, and then, and then we think, you know, t- we've seen that Tia has a fantastic stage presence, personality, but can she turn it out in the lip sync? Well, yes. turns out she can. Estina's given old school music video dance moves and Tia is displaying her comedy chops with passion and gusto. Yeah, exactly. And that's why Tia Coffee stays another day to show Ahura that she deserves to stay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's going to be a moment in the workroom, I'm telling you. So, obviously, from the lip sync, I was quite surprised about... Estina going home, but only because of how Estina kept telling everyone that they're going to be scared if they lip sync against her. And I was really expecting something epic. And yes, she did well. Um, But I do think that Tia had an edge over her because she showed more of her personality. And ultimately, we know that Rue favours lip syncs when someone is comedic. Uh, especially if it goes with, uh, you know, the song itself. Um, knowing that Estina was in the bottom with her, like, I did think that it was going to be a double save. And I, I was actually shocked that um, she went out. I mean, she won the first episode and then she's gone in episode three. I mean, wow. That's a oh, bit of a... happens. <laughs> that's a bit of a fall from grace. Yeah, but sometimes it happens even, like, between two episodes, like... The episode before you're winning and the episode after you go home. It happens. But usually it's not this early on, though. But it does happen. Well, now now it's happened. (laughs) And I I do think that the right decision was made. And you know what I think? I think that Rue was considering it for a moment, whether she she should do a double save, because they kind of dragged out. Um, you know, saving Tia and then speaking to Estina. And I was like, oh, she's going to say, and you're going to stay too. But nope, that didn't happen. You finally happen. don't save this early on in the, in, the, in, the, in the show. Yeah. Well, and then that's the end of this week's shocking elimination. Who's going to go home next week? Lawrence Cheney. Like, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, we really don't. We cannot call it this early. I don't think we can call We will be able to maybe call it yeah. in next time. So stay tuned until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because who knows what's going to happen. Don't, don't have any favourites because they're all going to go home first, I feel like, is what's going to happen. Yeah, the twists and turns are not oh done. But next week, the challenge is going to be an uh, acting challenge. So I think... People well, are gonna excited. Do well. Veronica's gonna do well. Yeah. Tia's I reckon well. Yeah. Um, well, Lawrence will do well. Yeah, definitely. And who else do we think would do well? Oh, well, who knows? We'll discover next week. Well, you guys, it's been a delight. Uh, follow oh. RuPaul Drag Race UK every Thursday at 7 p.m. And uh, well, we are here every week as an after show just uh, keep your eyes peeled on spotify itunes 
it's generally coming up on a Monday, but sometimes it could be a Sunday and some other times it could be a Saturday. So the the good thing is it's a treat because you never know when it's coming, but when it comes, it comes well. Exactly. But thank you very much for listening to us. Laters, laters, alligators. Peace. And before we go, I just wanted to say, don't forget to catch RuPaul's Drag Race UK every Thursday at 8pm. Be there or be square. And if you're not there, I will wait outside your house with turd cupcakes. Where can I find it though? But where can you find it? BBC iPlayer. Sweet. Hey. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.